What running back on an elite offense is about to get a much bigger role? Which breakout NFC West player has put his injury concerns behind him? And who is the AFC South receiver you need to try and get everywhere? Plus, Glenn Piapple, a two-time Football Guys champion, joins us to talk about Alvin Kamara's uh, potential suspension, Austin Hooper's rise up FPC draft boards, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Falkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. And the pressure, I've seen Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Welcome in, everybody. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome, indeed, to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, as always, your slightly above-average host. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to break down some of the stacks you need to get in the 2022 Football Guys Players Championship, which NFC West running back is presenting himself as a nice sleeper for drafters right now and much more. Plus, uh, two-time FPC winner Glenn Pilapal is going to drop by. Uh, to uh, try and lock the best of the uh, Ravens' backfield as far as the value goes there, whether Allen Robinson is falling too far in football guys' drafts, and much more. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFHour. I am at Eric Balkman. Of course, learn more about Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. Uh, you can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash hour. You can also email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us or for our guests, now's the time to send them. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. Thanks to my audio engineer and my best friend, Bryce, and our producer and mutual friend, Rob. If you are watching this right now, you're either seeing it on YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook. We certainly appreciate that. If you are watching it on YouTube, we'd also appreciate if you could like the video, if you could subscribe to the channel, and then hit that notification bell for future shows so you can know when we're going live. You never know when we're going to go live on this channel. In fact, we went live on Wednesday night, myself and Dave Terpoli, uh, to cover a $125 buy-in uh, best ball tournament draft. Uh, $200,000 grand prize. Dave Terp did his draft live on that stream. It was about a two-hour stream, and he gave us um, uh, his thoughts, his play-by-play, not only on his team, what he was thinking, but also what he thought about the other 11 teams as well. We did that at Wednesday night. We'll probably do that again at some point, uh, but when you hit that uh, notification bell, you'll always know when we're going to go live next. So I encourage you to do that, and uh, feel free to comment and leave a review as well. We appreciate that as well. Uh, the main event slow drafts for the FFPC begin in 10 days. So the journey to the $1 million grand prize begins July 4th. I encourage you to register for those drafts if you have not already and get in on some early ADP value before training camp hits. The Football Guys Early Bird promo is here, but it's going to be gone in about six days. So make sure that you're registering now. Uh, before June 30th and drafting before July 15th so you can get a $35 free FFPC team credit applied to your account. We'll do that up to three times for you as well. So when you consider the $50 discount you get on the three-pack for football guys and when you consider the $105 in free teams, it's more than $150 in value. So take advantage while you can. It's pretty much the best deal you're going to get all year. Uh, the FFPC Best Ball Tournament continues to fill both live and slow drafts. Again, $125 uh, is the entry fee. You could win $200,000 to the grand prize. That's doubled from last year. The Superflex Best Ball Tournament as well. That's another one. Only a $35 entry, and you can win a five-figure grand prize. So check that out. Of course, Dynasty Startups, closed 12-team leagues, slow, live, and sit-and-go timers on all those at myffpc.com. And join the Run to Daylight Championship and the Draft Masters 
now at kffsc.com. I just joined two draft masters at the KFFSC uh, yesterday. Looking forward to getting those cranked up and so I can get into some more drafting action as we go forward. I want to bring in my co-host with the most right now. It's the incomparable Farrell Elliott, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. Here we are coming up in late June, Farrell. This, I believe, no, it won't be our last show in June. And I'll tell the listeners and you actually a little bit about this before we go off the air. But this is our last Friday in June. The next Friday show, it'll be July. Pros versus Joe's coming up. And then we're into Cincinnati. We're into Louisville. And we're into Las Vegas before you know it. Oh, we're getting so close, Balky. And just you did a marvelous job with the lead in talking about all the different options to draft. And the FFPC has done a tremendous job. Dave and Alex and Chris have loaded uh, the website with great opportunities to compete. And it's you your final sentence there about the value that you get drafting early. I'm a firm believer in that. I had a great spring season last year. This year, I hope to keep it going all the way throughout the summer and into early fall when we gather at, at Planet Hollywood. But it's just a fantastic option of drafts here at the uh, KFFSC. There's a, there's a lighter menu, but still competitive and, and, and fun to get with. And, and, you know, our main events in Cincinnati and Louisville are beginning to fill. We're beginning to see a little action. And I bet when July 4th rolls around, all fantasy players that have yet to make their decisions about when they'll be drafting will be solidifying those decisions. And it's going to even get more exciting. But get in now while you can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a, to get in now while you can get the early drafting action, yes. you can get your stuff squared away. Uh, it's certainly the the type of behavior we encourage on this show for sure. Speaking of behavior, uh, Rob Gronkowski yeah. has uh, maybe shut off the good behavior for now and maybe get into some bad behavior now that he has retired <laughs> once again. Um, he uh, retires again with over 9,000 receiving mm. yards, over 90 touchdowns in 11 seasons that he should be uh, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Adam Schefter, after he did retire, uh, said that he got a text from Drew Rosenhaus, who is uh, Rob Gronkowski's agent, saying mm -hmm. uh, basically that it wouldn't surprise him if Tom Brady came calling if he would come back either this season or potentially next season as well. Um, as we look at the fallout here from Tampa, a um, few questions here for you, Farrell. You can answer them in whatever order you'd like. Number one, do you believe that this is it for Gronk, at least for this season? Uh, and then number two, what are you doing with Cameron Brait, uh, who is now the new starting tight end in Tampa? And how far up are you bumping Russell Gage on your cheat sheet? Yeah, those are very good questions. The first one, is this it? Who knows? Balky in the spirit of uh, in the in the spirit of the uh, Ruddy Coppola. Mario Puzo, 50th anniversary, uh, classic from The Godfather. Uh, Gronkowski, make him an offer he can't refuse. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it will probably come from a teammate or a situation. So, no, I like his agent. Uh, Drew Rosenhaus believes that we haven't seen uh, the last of this player. I would further say that if I was running a television network, I would make the offer. To Gronkowski. I think he's the most compelling and interesting individual off the field. Maybe that it, it it parallels what he does for the team on the field. And so, yeah, football is not the same without Gronk, so let's hope he gets back. The Tampa Bay tight end position is, is not the same either without Gronkowski. And we may talk later uh, if we get to talk about Godwin and, and his availability. So what is still in Tampa is Tom Brady, who led the league in passing yardage last year, and our friends in the desert have installed him as the betting favorite to lead the league again in passing yardage. So what does it do? It bumps up Evans. It certainly bumps up Russell Gage. It moves him aggressively up the board. I have on this very show um, dis dispatched Russell Gage out of my consideration when he was Atlanta, and then in his last season I began to look at him a little differently. And that was uh, uh, validated when he found a home through free agency uh, in Tampa. And it's a real home. And I, I suggest that he'll do very well. There's some other players there at the tight end position that we shouldn't mention. Kate Otten 
is an interesting player that never fulfilled his potential at tight end when he was a Washington Husky. He missed four games last year, only playing in eight and less than 30 receptions. But all the scouts that, that uh, all the college scouts that worked the West Coast raved about this player. Uh, he had another year of eligibility. He chose to uh, enter the selection process in 2022. And, you know, being validated there as a fourth round draft pick, uh, someone sees the potential in this player. Perhaps he'll, he'll be a more prolific NFL player uh, than he was a college player. And Cameron Bright, we all know him. He's great hands around the goal line, a great third and fourth option for Brady who does go through the checks. So we've seen that we've seen his act before and we've seen it at best. He's a plug and play uh, tied in and yeah. For all those spring drafters that took Gronk in your uh, in your uh, your early uh, best ball leagues, if you also were a believer in the stack and got Evans, you shouldn't be hurt that bad because that's where the touchdowns should end up. Uh, Cameron Brait was going um, in, in the 16th round prior to the Gronk news. He has ascended. Um, with shout out to Darren Armani, Fantasy Mojo at Fantasy Mojo on Twitter, FantasyMojo.com. Uh, who compiles all this ADP data that we cite on the show. Cameron Brait was uh, in the 16th round. He has moved up to as high as the 1109. That wow. would put him in the territory, not only of Noah Fant, but where one Rob Gronkowski was going as well at tight end 16, tight end 17. That's where Brait has moved up to. Uh, we have seen Kate Otten starting to go uh, in some drafts. In fact, he is an 18th round pick now in the Football Guys Players Championship. In the live uh, best ball draft that we covered on Wednesday night, Kate Otten was drafted late there as well. And then as far as Russell Gage goes, who, I mean, just you haven't heard anything bad about this dude in the offseason. He's moved up wide receiver 39 currently at the 7-8 turn. However, since the Gronk news happened, he's gone as early as the late fifth round. So Russell Gage definitely climbing up the draft, uh, draft boards right there. People reacting heavily to this Rob Gronkowski news in the FFPC. Uh, Paul Daner Jr., who covers the Bengals for the Athletic, says that he believes Chris Evans uh, could supplant Samaje Pirine as the Bengals' third down back. Now, that is an impressive sentence here. Let's unpack this. Now, if he is un unseating Samaje Pirine as a third down back, that would mean that Daner does not believe Mixon is getting third downs uh, this year. And in fact, if you remember last year, Mixon had his third down touches uh, declined uh, quite a bit uh, as the season went on. He averaged 5.3 third down snaps over the first six games of the season, but in the final nine games, only averaging 1.8 third down snaps. P. Ryan, 9.2 third down snaps per game. And uh, Daner believes that Mixon was no longer on the field on third down because he struggled in pass protection. Uh, Samanje P. Ryan was then out there more. Evans, who actually played pretty well as a pass blocker, as a rookie would obviously be the more dynamic uh, player to, to be out there on third downs. In fact, he had 2.11 yards per route run, which is really, really good for a running back. Daner says, and I quote, if he can continue to grow as a pass protector and build trust in the coaching staff to do the right things, you can make an argument. He could supplant Pirine as the third down back. Now there's a lot of qualifiers in that sentence, Farrell, <laughs> but I think, I think as we look at this and, and we look at the ADP for these guys, I'm yeah. definitely on board with drafting P. Ryan if you don't have Mixon, if you're drafting the Football Guys Players Championship as a, you know, grabbing somebody else's backup. I think that's always a smart decision. Chris Evans, a 17th round pick right now. He has actually moved ahead of Samanje P. Ryan, just ahead of Samanje P. Ryan in ADP. I don't think I can go that far. In fact, if it comes down to it, I'm still probably picking P. Ryan over Evans, but this does have my. It does have my attention now about this Evans thing potentially being the third down guy on one of the most elite passing offenses in the NFL. I think we should then focus on Mixon because perhaps that's where the, the crux of this lies. People are paying, uh, and you'll have to give us Darren's number, Balky, on uh, Mixon. Uh, I haven't drafted him in quite a while, uh, and I think he's dropping a little bit. But people have been paying a, a pretty good draft uh, capital for Mixon. And Burrow was sacked at an alarming rate, and perhaps that has something to do with it. And if you're going to, 
you know, if you're going to make your offensive line look better in the running game, uh, if you're going to make them look better in the passing game, you want to have a back that 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 can help. You, you want to have a lot of players that can help with this offensive line. In regards to the backups, Pirine is um, – you know, he's a 240-pound running back who caught almost 30 balls last year, and he's in his sixth year in the league, and he's he, he looks to me to be a capable fill-in for Mixon when the team needs him. I don't know what we have with Evans. Obviously, he'll, he'll probably be quicker. He'll probably be a little more explosive. He'll probably be a lot lighter. I think he's like 5'11", 200, 210. Um, at the end of the day, this will be decided in training camp. Um, I don't – I don't know how much story we've got here. I'm with you. I like uh, I like uh, Samaje Piran. Uh, I have questions about Mixon. I will probably avoid him at the price that Daring will tell us that he's going. Really tough to to pick a guy like Mixon at the 202 right now is where yeah. he's going. So he's slipped, but not not a lot. And um, he's running back seven. In fact, he is going ahead of DeAndre Swift. Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones, and Leonard Fournette. I like um, you could make a pretty strong case for all of those guys right. going ahead of Mixon right now. So I'm I'm off him at that price for sure, just like you said. Um, we have Glenn P- uh, Pilapal, the uh, two-time Football Guys Players Championship League winner, coming up here in just one minute. The last thing I want to talk about before we get to Glenn is Greg Allman's report in the Athletic about uh, him not being surprised if Chris Godwin. Uh, ends up opening the season on the pup list. Chris Godwin tore his ACL last year, and it was in week 15. So all this positive hype, I I really was never a belief in that this guy was going to be all of a sudden ready to go. Now we're starting to see the news trickle out. Well, okay, maybe he won't be ready by training camp. Oh, okay, maybe he's going (laughs) to open the season hurt. Okay, maybe he's going to start the season on the pup list. This is, um, as as Dave Tripoli was pointing out on Wednesday, you know, Tampa needs him in January and, and hopefully February for Buccaneers fans. They don't necessarily need him in September and October. Um, so they're more worried about getting him back to 100% rather than rushing him out there for week one of the season. If this does happen, we know that Godwin would miss a minimum of the first four weeks of the year. And he is still being drafted pretty high, Farrell. You want to talk about other guys? I am not on at their current price giving you the mojo of wide receiver 28, 5'11 right now for Chris Godwin, mm-hmm. ahead of Amari Cooper, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Elijah Moore. Those four players say what you will about them, but they are all slated to be healthy at the start of week one. The best ability is availability, and we're not sure if Chris Godwin's going to have any in week one. And an ACL determines its own healing rate, and it, it, there's no science to this. One guy can come back quicker than another. And that's why there's a lot of speculation. Now, um, a player can play through a lot of injuries, but this isn't one that he can. Still with Godwin, I give the tip of the hat because you remember when he broke his finger and people said, oh, he's down for a while. And the next thing you know, he's on the field. I think this is one tough player, one terrific competitor uh, that loves to play. So if he's allowed to get back better from the training staff, uh, you can take that that fifth round hit on him. I think that it may be a bit of a gamble, but if you're going to to acquire some other receiver help from Tampa, put it in a stack, no matter what format you're playing in, that could be a smart thing to do. Um, you, you'll be glad if you're competitive early uh, that you have him late because when he returns to the field, I have a lot of confidence in him that he'll be a great target for Brady. I don't think this is like you go to other teams and you say, okay, they acquired Gage. Gage gets a good start. Now they're splitting the the the, the yardage. Well, n- no, because there's over 5,000 yards in this offense through the air. There's plenty for everybody, especially a guy like Godwin. Yeah, and, and if you are good enough to assemble a team, like Farrell said, if you are good enough to assemble a team around Chris Godwin when he is back and healthy, if the Buccaneers do hold him out until he is ready to go full bore, that's just like a free waiver pickup when he comes yeah. back. Um, but you got to have the chops to assemble the team yeah. around it. And listen, if you're watching this show, you're obviously a tremendous fantasy football player. <laughs> Thank you for watching. We appreciate it. Uh, you are not watching this show for us. You're watching it for our guest, who I'm going to bring in right now. Uh, He's got two football guys, players, championship league titles under his belt, along with a 12th place overall finish in the FPC in 2019. He's here to talk about his 2022 football guys team so far. Please welcome onto the program, Glenn Pilapo. Glenn, thanks for coming aboard tonight. We really appreciate it, dude. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you for having me on. I'm super excited. 
I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It will be a lot of fun. We're excited to have you for sure. Can you tell us when you're not winning and 12th overall? Congratulations on that. That is impressive. (laughs) Impressive stuff to do that. When you are not crushing all these leagues, Glenn, what are you doing for a living? Uh, crushing is an overstatement, but when I'm not doing that, uh, I work as a custom cabinet maker. So I'm a woodworker. Uh, so I do custom cabinetry, custom furniture, that sort of deal. Awesome. So that gives cool. you the opportunity to kind of like work around waivers, work around drafts. You can you can kind of pepper in all your fantasy football stuff that needs to get done. Right. So part of part of the allure of being a business owner is you have all this time that you can allocate and switch around. So when I wake up, I pretty much think about fantasy football as as, as sad as that sounds. Oh, listen, man. all the people watching and listening, <laughs> they know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, for sure. I, I, for I know sure. I'm not alone out there. <laughs> Measure twice and cut once. Clint. There you go. Congratulations, sir. Yeah. I, you know, you would be fantastic, uh, fantastically popular amongst the uh, the wives of fantasy football players as well. I think you, you know you're welcome everywhere, and especially on this show. Um, one of my favorite players, Glenn uh, Michael Pittman, uh, yes. has been since he got in the league. Uh, I see a player that is explosive, and in any week could turn in big, big scores. And that was my expectations last year when I drafted him in the seventh round. What happened, and and I assumed that you had him a few places. I had him almost everywhere that I could get him. Um, He was the steady Eddie. Uh, Either five or six catches, right on those numbers, Mm -hmm. five or six in eight games last year. With Matt Ryan coming to town, is that going to change? Or are we going to get more of what we've learned to appreciate from Michael Pittman? Well, I, I think it is going to change, and maybe not necessarily with the quarterback, because I think Michael Pittman is a beast, and mm-hmm. it's his third year into the league, so maybe pick up a little bit of tricks here and there. But I, I, I'm really hopeful that um, he'll continue on his um, breakout from last season. Um, but I do think that um, Matt Ryan is going to help. Um, maybe not like a, a big difference with like uh, Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford or something that much of an upgrade, but enough of an upgrade where uh, efficiency would count. I mean, yeah, Matt, Matt Ryan, I think, is like a, um, a more of a pure pocket passer and um, tends to um, get rid of the ball compared to Carson Wentz, who tends to hold on to the ball and scrambles. <laughs> yeah. They're different well, quarterbacks, for sure. I, I like that, and I see it. It's interesting because I see an uptick for a lot of players in, in Indianapolis. They're a team that obviously their first and foremost mission is to run the ball, but it's a one, uh, one premier receiver. And, and, you know, think about it. I like where you're going with this. In 17 games, if you can get one more catch, Per game out of Ryan, we're now getting almost 110 catches from this player. And you, what do you expect for the red zone? You know, there's there's a wonderful uh, wingspan tight end rookie there, but it, all of that's still to be proven. More touchdowns with Matt Ryan? Um, I I think so. I mean, um, like I said, I, I'm banking more on Michael Pittman's talent. Of, yeah, uh, continuing to grow, but I, I don't think Matt Ryan is hurting the situation at all. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Glenn, let me ask you about Allen Robinson here. This mm-hmm. is a player that's uh, wide receiver nineteen right now in drafts. He's going um, behind guys like DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, uh, Mike Williams, um, Cortland Sutton. He's going behind all these players at the end of the fourth round. Now we know he is getting to play with the best quarterback of his career, probably the best offense of his career as well. He won't be the number one target guy there. Cooper cup has that moniker, but he's going to be number two for Matthew Stafford on a really, really good offense. Given all that. And I'm setting you up to say, yes, bulky. He's a great value right now. (laughs) Our, our football guys drafters making a mistake, letting him slip all the way to the end of the fourth. I I hate to disappoint you bulky, but um, I like him where he's going right around the end of the fourth. Um, and for all those things that you said, and um, I think with Allen Robinson, if you believe that last year was a fluke and he was uninterested and it was bad quarterback play and all that other stuff, um, if you believe that um, him going to the Rams with 
Matthew Stafford with a championship team would kind of energize him a little bit. So I believe the latter, where he will be energized, but I still believe that the offense still runs through Cooper Cup. I mean, there's that super high ceiling of, like, if something happens to Cup and then he becomes a de facto number one. Like, I still don't know what Stafford to Allen is, but it would be really interesting to find out, though. Well, and Glenn, you're, if you want to get Balky all excited, talk about the players from that division. All of them are headed west. They're leaving Green Bay for the west, uh, and they, they left Detroit, and now Chicago. Everybody's going west. I guess I shouldn't have brought that up. Um, <laughs> the, um, okay, here's something that that I won't bring up, and he's not going to appear on my draft boards, and I'm wondering if I'm right. And I'm going to ask you, Glenn, I love the player. Balky's already said it. Availability is the best ability. We've got to win, and we've got to win quick. We don't want to be looking up as you try to get to that championship game in your 12-team FFPC league. Alvin Kamara, can you, can, can you set him – you know, I just talked about Godwin and I said, okay, you know, because if Godwin does start on the pup, he's gone for four weeks. Mm-hmm. I think Kamara is going to miss six games. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that that's what it it seems like, that he's going to be missing six games. Um, on, on top of that, I, I am a little bit leery of Kamara outside of his uh, legal situation, just with like a new coaching staff. We're just not sure how he's going to be used. Uh, with the all new weapons are being attached, and uh-huh. he he was never also a back that would carry like a full load. So um, I found myself um, shying away from Alvin Kamara, especially he, at, at a high draft capital. He sure he should would carry that passing game, and if he was on the Absolutely. field with yes. with Winston, God, I would love it. But you know, he's uh, uh, Mark Ingram is is football fantasy football's greatest vulture. And he's he's there too. And then if you give Ingram a head start, what does that mean for Kamara when he shows up? I don't sure. know. I don't right. know. Ingr- Ingram is uh, as sounds like he's going to be the number two also, but um, he is getting fairly old for running backs. He's thirty two, yes. and um, he he hasn't shied away from touches, I believe, for throughout his career. So mm-hmm. maybe he slows down or not. But I do like getting. Um, uh, pieces of the running back outside of Ingram or Camaro, maybe like uh, Tony Jones. I like. All right. Tony okay, Jones. that makes sense. Yeah, that was maybe my next follow up. Is if you do believe he's being suspended for six games, how do you react to that? And you're getting pieces of these of the Saints attack late, which it and they'll be easy to cut too. By the way, if if right. you if you need to once Camaro comes back, so that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, a lot of drafters. Speaking of uh, running backs are uh, excited about the Texans uh, drafting Damian Pierce uh, this year out of Florida. Um, we've heard that Marlon Mack could be the guy to start, but Damian Pierce is going to have every opportunity to overtake him, which would make sense given the way that, um, you know, Houston treated him in the draft. Um, who is the real running back to own uh, this season? Is it Pierce when he comes on late, or is it Marlon Mack who maybe starts with the job and never really gives it up? Right. Well, I, I think that's a tough question. I, you almost need like a magic ball to answer that question. There's so many things I don't know about, like what's going to happen with the Houston offense or their running back situation. But I find myself leaning towards trying to grab Marlon Mack again, just for like draft capital. He's going like easily three, maybe four rounds behind Damian Pierce. So um, just for draft capital, I like Marlon Mack. Um, I know he's not a slouch by any means. It wasn't that long ago where he ran for a thousand yards and I don't know, maybe eight or nine touchdowns, maybe two or three years ago, maybe three or four. (laughs) Not that long. (laughs) You got to love, you got to love Marlon Mack. Hey, talk to me about this. Uh, We're in our tight end premium leagues in Las Vegas. I have drafted him rarely and I have been, um, rewarded for avoiding him. And now Austin Cooper, who cannot seem to find the right kind of home to work his skills. I was a little excited when the Stanford product was a free agent. I said, okay, he can, he can leave Atlanta. And then he, he drops in at Cleveland and now he leaves Cleveland and he's in Tennessee. I think if this guy's going to be a hit in Nashville, he needs to learn to play the pedal steel 
He need you know something tight end in Nashville playing for the Tennessee Titans. Not what I think of when I want to build my fantasy team. Am I wrong, right, or somewhere in between? <laughs> um, I think probably somewhere in between. Like no. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bank my uh, fantasy football team on Austin Hooper, but it's definitely a piece that I don't mind having, especially, wow. especially as a, a rate or late round flyer. Yeah, I mean he's yeah. he's practically free. Um, well, and he should be. I, I think <laughs> you might eat your words. Oh, well, I would Maybe. like to because you know yeah. I like the player's skill set. But you know, last year, uh, Fersker and Swaim kind of split the job up. Swaim got forty targets or forty mm-hmm. balls, I think. He might have caught forty balls. Uh, you know, nothing is. Where's he going to go? He's still on the roster. The tight end. Right. Where do you see Hooper breaking out? Because please tell me because. I would like to be right in the late rounds, and you may be the tight end whisperer because you're, well, you know, you're out there. Yeah, um, I, I'm not a tight end whisperer by any means. Uh, I need a tight end whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I do like him um, for the fact that um, I don't know who Tannehill is going to throw to. Um, Traylon yeah. Burke seems to have um, issues with his conditioning. I, I don't know if that's just. Um, mini camp speak or whatnot but so far the reports have, have been fairly negative um robert woods i, I don't feel very confident about with uh, such a late season injury i'm sure he'll be able to play but um at what percentage and, and it's it's something that you can't 100 say he's going to come back and he's going to not miss a beat and he's going to go all out i think more likely it's going to be maybe a slow return and um, maybe he gets caught up in midseason or whatnot, and, and and all this time they have all these targets available, especially with Derrick Henry behind as a running back. Mm-hmm. And I like Austin Hooper's chances of catching some of those. Austin Ho- Austin Hooper, by the way, as far as the the mojo goes, excuse me, on him, uh, tight end twenty four right now at the fifteen oh four. So obviously being drafted as a backup. So had it's weird because. Um, I, I'm not hearing a whole lot of, of buzz on Logan Thomas right now, but the dude behind him too, Hayden Hurst, you're hearing a lot of people talk about um, Cameron mm-hmm. Brates right behind him. Mm-hmm. You know Cameron Brates going to um, jump she up. And, and another guy too that's going behind all three of those guys by about a round or so is another guy who has been getting some some pubs, uh, some love from the beat writers, some love from the coaches, and that's Brevin Jordan in Houston. So that's there's right. if you do wait on your second or third tight end and you draft one of these guys in that tight end 23 to 28 range, you know, in the 15th, 16th round, there might be some good choices there. Although I'll be honest with you, with all the buzz on all those guys, they're going to all those guys should be moving up a round or two as we go forward in drafts. We're talking with Glenn Pulapol, the 2019 uh, 12th place finisher in the Football Guys Players Championship, a two time FPC league winner. Uh, Russell Wilson, let's talk about him a little bit. Yeah. He is going at that 9 10 turn right now um, in drafts, which to me, when you, when you, when you talk about the what the Broncos gave up for him, um, the the weapons that they have for him in Denver, and the fact that uh, they're going to need him to win games in that division because it is such a tough division. I look at Russell Wilson as 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 his ADP goes at quarterback eight right now. That looks so good at that nine ten turn. Do you think that's a steal there? Uh, are you with me, Glenn? That that that's the sweet spot for quarterbacks this year, or is that still an overpay for you? And you'd rather wait for somebody else later. No, I, I think he's an absolute bargain and a steal at that at that ADP. I would I would get him uh, a little bit higher even. Like it wasn't if I wanted a <clears throat> to mix in Russell Wilson into my teams, I would even go like maybe a round or two higher for me just to secure him if I was uh, um, worried that I wasn't going to get him. I know I look at the the last few years. I always usually wait on quarterback um, when I'm drafting, and I usually get. Once there's like 10, maybe 11 off the board, then I'll, I'll strike and grab one. And it seems like there's always somebody there um, in that little area every single year. I feel like the last few years it's been Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers. Um, those are all guys I loaded up on and was pleasantly surprised. I think I'm going to have a lot of Russell Wilson this year. And I think I'm also going to be not pleasantly surprised because I won't be surprised with what he does. I'll just be pleasantly <laughs> pleased. I think he's going to be to look at it. I, I, he, I think he's going to cook this year. That's yes. why he wanted to leave. He's going to cook. <laughs> Russ is going to cook, baby. 
<laughs> yeah. everyone, everyone wants to draft all his players and draft them high. It, it, it what captures me sort of weird, guys. We've learned to wait on quarterbacks, but to get the number eight quarterback, which I agree with you guys, he'll probably score better than that. But to get the number eight quarterback in the ninth round is is really proving the fact that uh, we're waiting. And, and Glenn, you're going to be solely responsible for the Russell Wilson inflation. It's <laughs> obvious that you are the leading indicator. Good, because um, I, I did a bunch of drafts already, so I'm good. <laughs> good for you, brother. Hey, when, in those drafts, do you like to stack players from the same roster? I must I must tell you that sometimes when I'm going through a draft, and it doesn't matter if it's a uh, managed team, uh, a slim, a, a true best ball team, that, that I'm really looking for the opportunity to stack players. I, I think that that can sometimes push my drafting uh, strategy. Uh, do you agree with me? And if you do, do you – do you have any favorite stacks? Um, I do somewhat agree with you. Um, I, I when I, when I draft, I try to mix things up a little bit, and so uh, sometimes I'd search out for um, uh, a pairing that I like, or maybe multiple players in a specific team. But and others, I wouldn't try to. Um, I wouldn't avoid it, but I wouldn't go looking for it. But on the, of the stacks I like, I like um, I like Mike Williams and Justin Herbert. Um, Allen Robinson and Stafford and Smith and Kirk Cousins. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have a team, Glenn, where I drafted six Jaguars and five Raiders. That oh, was boy. my that was my all time favorite stack team. Uh -huh. um, I, I'm glad it was before the schedule came out. I dodged a bullet there. So. <laughs> Um, I want to talk just real quick. I, I love the Thielen Cousins thing because one mm. of the one of the great things about that there's a, well just a couple of great things. Number one, Cousins and Thielen are all already proven players, like they've done mm -hmm. already. Number two, they're getting an upgrade in an offensive mind for a coach, and that should be opening the offense up more. Um, and number three, and this is probably my favorite part of that stack, it's cheap. Uh, right. Adam Thielen is wide receiver 33 at the 608. You don't have to work to, to get him onto your roster. Um, Kirk Cousins is quarterback 15 in the 14th round. I mean, there's going to be some, and I'm not saying they're crazies, but there's going to be some crazies out there that wait until the 14th round to draft their first quarterback. It'll be Kirk Cousins. And if you already have Thielen on yeah. your roster, you aren't investing a whole lot right. into that stack, and yet you get it. So, And I know you mentioned, um, Glenn, you mentioned um, – uh, Justin Herbert and Mike Williams. What was the other one? The second one that you said before? Uh, Allen Robinson and Matthew Stafford. Robinson and Stafford. Yeah, right. obviously that that's one we talked about earlier too. I'm mm -hmm. a big fan of that one. Um, Stafford again too this year. It's not you really know he wins. Go ahead. No, I was just saying you can get Stafford really cheap. Yes. Uh, as, as far as drafting and um, I, I don't think that's a a bad place to uh, wait. I, I feel like uh, everybody's waiting been really patient with quarterbacks as this year especially it seems like um so it's fun getting really great quarterbacks late yeah <laughs> so i mean you have the mv the super bowl winning matthew stafford in the 12th round the back-to-back -back mvp aaron Rodgers in the right. 13th round Derek carr who has seemingly every weapon on earth now in the 13th round as well and then we just mentioned cousins in the 14th by the way all of them are going behind trey lance right now mm -hmm. i should ask you glenn um are you based on the photo that that we have of you? Are you a Raiders fan? I am, unfortunately. Okay. Yes, I am. Well, listen, I am outnumbered on this show because Farrell <laughs> is also quite the Raiders fan as well. There you um, go. But, but you got to be. Have you found yourself maybe um, drafting into your fandom this year, picking up some more Adams shares, Waller shares, Renfro shares, maybe more than you normally have gotten in the past? I try not to get emotional in drafting because that never works or it hasn't, it's worked very poorly for me anyway. <laughs> I try to keep emotion out of it. Um, so I actually only drafted um, Devontae Adams as far as a high draft pick for the Raiders. Okay. And, um, only because I just don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's so many well, weapons. I do. Yeah, the Raiders are going to win. That's what's going to happen. I know exactly what's going to happen. Raiders um, in the Super Bowl, we're, right? We're going to go, have a very depressed fall. Uh, we're going we're to claim that it's the, the seasonal disorder when it will not be. It will be right. uh, Adam's uh, detachment disorder. Um, 
the ADD is, is what we call it. <laughs> and and it, but but now let me ask you something. Since you are a Raiders guy, and Balky, do we have a little extra time? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Okay, Balky. The Jacobs is being basically thrown through the draft as he continues. He's a fifth rounder now from some of my drafts that I'm in. Um, I believe it's getting a little too much, and I I, I want to take him there. Uh, then uh, the other question I have for you is: Do you see any decline in Waller? Because I am I do expect you to be the tight end whisperer. And I got another tight end question for you that doesn't pertain to the Raiders, so I'll shut up and listen. All right, no problem. Um, so Josh Jacobs, I think I'd probably take stabs at him if he falls down to the sixth round. Sixth. Um, yeah, I, I feel like there's a ton of juicy wide receivers out there that mm-hmm. get totally be a league winner i'm not saying josh jacobs can't um but maybe those guys have better chances um as far as darren wally goes man i love that guy he is an absolute beast um i hope he doesn't deteriorate i I know he had like some uh, injuries last year Mm -hmm. so um i hope he comes back healthy and it'd be fun to see um uh, see him run around free with single coverage out there Waller, Adams, and Carr on the same offense with Hunter Renfro underneath. Uh, you know, I think whoever's in that backfield could could benefit. Exactly. I wonder when Aaron Jones is a free agent. You know, that would be good. To talk. <laughs> it just got us. Just got the, the whole Packers uh, organization, and we'll we'll, we'll, we'll take figure it out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, t- speaking of running backs, do you have a favorite Raiders running back that's not Josh Jacobs between? You know, Zamir White or any of these other guys that are that are going a little bit later, Kenyon Drake. Um, do you, how have you been attacking the Raiders' backup uh, running back position? I've, I've been pretty much taking uh, Kenyon Drake whenever I can in like the 18th, 17th round, somewhere around there. Um, I like with Josh McDaniel. Maybe he's the new James White. I, I don't know. I, I know that he, they do like to throw to their backs as far as McDaniel's is concerned. Um, Josh Jacobs has shown that he's. He was able to catch the ball as well last year, but um, um, so I'm interested to find out. I'm not um, I'm not sold on Josh Jacobs handling the full load. Um, Zamir White is as a fresh face. Uh, we'll see how training camp goes and how he protects uh, um, Carr for um, for pass protection. But uh, I know Drake can do the job, um, and I know he can catch the ball. So he's kind of a dart that I like to take. Okay. Um, let's keep it on the, uh, running back, uh, conversation here as we go to your emails, uh, for you tonight, Glenn, Paul in Windsor mill, Maryland, since JK Dobbins is too rich for my blood, which Ravens running back is the one to target for those of us seeking a discount in football guys drafts. Thank you for the email, Paul in Windsor mill, Maryland, Paul, I gotta be honest with you. You're in Maryland. You should be telling us who the Ravens running back uh, is the target. Like we, this is, this is your wheelhouse, Paul. Um, so we'll, we'll try to help you. Glenn, do you have a? I know they got Mike Davis there now, and obviously, um, you know Gus Edwards and and um, uh, who uh, who's the other uh, cat that they drafted a couple of years ago, the undersized guy, Justice Hill. Justice Hill, thank you, is still there. Glenn, do you have a favorite one, or who's the guy to target in drafts given their draft value? I like Gus. Uh, before they got hurt, I mean, they paid him kind of not really starter money, but significant money and it sounded like they were more of like a 1a 1b um before both of them got hurt last season we never really saw what what they were gonna end up doing but um if i was looking at the finances it looked like when they they did pay guys they paid them significant amount of money to be involved in the office and not just maybe you know take a back seat gus edwards running back running back 58 right now for the gus bus uh, 1408 in your football guys drafts behind um, Marlon Mack, Deontay Foreman, Jamal Williams, right ahead of Zamir White, Raheem Mostert, and Hassan Haskins. Uh, next email here for you, Glenn, is from Joe in Salem, Oregon. Uh, is Trey Sermon a guy I can just cross off my cheat sheets this season? Is there any reason to think he'll be rosterable? Thanks so much. Thank you, Joe, in Salem, Oregon. Trey Sermon, everybody excited about him last year. That excitement wore off. Uh, pretty much before the season even started. So what are we doing with them in drafts right now? Uh, Glenn, is he a guy that that you can look at late in roster and hope, or is this a guy that you're not even concerning yourself with? I don't mind taking a couple of stabs at him. I think the one thing that we learned about the 49ers running back offense or the offense um, for the running back situation is you never know. Um, 
I, I believe last year's sermon was kind of held up high and didn't quite come to fruition and Elijah Mitchell came out of nowhere. And with Shanahan, I have I you just don't know who's gonna be in that game or, or or whatnot. And they have such a potent running game that if you get a small piece of them, again for free, I wouldn't get too many of them or whatnot, but if you get a little bit of exposure, it doesn't sound like a bad thing. Glenn, do you think Mitchell has the same kind of year he had last year or even a better year with the explosiveness and the things that he showed? Um, I think if he was given the opportunity, he would probably proceed uh, along the same lines. But uh, with well, whether or not he gets the touches is yeah. anybody's guess at this point. Yeah, I think they would be crazy to leave that player on the bench. It's crazy. <laughs> Um, question from the uh, chat. It's from Johannes, I believe. I, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. Uh, she writes, in her FFPC Dynasty team, which is non-superflex, her only receivers are Stefan Diggs, T. Higgins, Jacoby Myers, Kenny Galladay, and Wandale Robinson. Uh, she wants to know, is it okay to ride with only four or five receivers all year if those are the four to five receivers she's going with. Uh, thank you for posting in the YouTube chat tonight, Johannes. And again, I apologize if I'm butchering your name. I sort of do it as a bodily function, so my apologies. I love Diggs. I love Higgins. I think Myers is underrated. Galladay is not my favorite guy in the world, and I think Wandale Robinson's probably a year away. Guys, I don't think I could roll with that. I, I think I'd want somebody else, especially um, considering the, the roster churn and FFPC dynasty. I think you need to be keeping your 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 eyes peeled for another receiver or two because I don't think that's good enough for all season long. Hmm, Balky, you're being – I want to give her on-air name as, as Joe San. That's what okay. I love, Joe San. I love your team. Stefan Diggs is enough for anyone. T. Higgins is enough, the greatest number two receiver, especially if he gets over his injury. Myers is going to lead uh, the Patriots in receiving – Galladay, despite what Ron Meyer says, old two-packer, Galladay is going to come back and, and really show why he's in the league. If he doesn't, he won't be here. And Wondell Robinson, a product of the University of Kentucky. Joe Sand, you are on your way, girl. That's all I can say. <laughs> Glad. what do you think? I think everything you said, Farrell, was right on the money, but it wouldn't hurt to bolster with another wide receiver or two, I think. Well, she knows that, and she'll find yeah. it. Yeah, and and I, and I think that's the important thing, too, is, like, you know, you don't want to cut Robinson, obviously. Um, I mean, even, like, you want to give him – he's a second-round pick. You know, you, you want to keep that guy on your roster all season, do whatever you can. Um, as far as uh, Galladay, I'd probably keep him around. I think he's not my favorite guy, but he's not a guy that you should be cutting. There should be some other players on your team that you can cycle through and look for the, the guys that are, you know – um, not just having hot weeks, but the guys that look like they're going to have an opportunity. You know, if, if they show up one week and have eight targets, they turn them into four or five catches for 60 yards. I mean, your your spidey sense should be tingling at that point. And you should be not just watching them, but rostering them at that point and see where it goes. You always want to be too early on a player because if you're too late, somebody else already has them. So that's the best advice we can give here tonight. Uh, Farrell, let's give Glenn one last opportunity to Glenn, the more great it. advice here. Lay it out. This is what we need. And you, you've shone, shown the light on some uh, players that we haven't talked much about on the show in the last few weeks. Can you tell us your guy, your guy you must have, someone that you are targeting? I think I have a feeling who that might be. doesn't matter <laughs> where in the draft. And then a guy that you will just not be in business with this year. Okay. So for the guy I'm targeting, it's Big Mike all the way. If I can get him in every draft, I will. Um, I think he's just going to blow up. I'm not saying uh, Keenan uh, Allen's going to disappear, but I think there's going to be more than plenty enough with Herbert uh, under the helm. And I think that offense is going to be pretty exciting and um, a lot of offense generated. I think that that is something I have not done in the past, but as with anything, um, I, I feel like my mind gets opened up to stuff like this. Um, yeah. thanks to talented guests like you, Glenn, and, and people who have been very successful in the past. 
And if I'm living in my own echo chamber, I'm never going to get better. I got to try new things. And this is a player I've never been on before, but the last couple of years starting to warm up to him. So thank you for supporting that. I appreciate it. Is there a player that you know um, that you will not have on any teams this year or as, as few as possible? Um, I don't think I, I, I would close the door on anyone, especially in fantasy. I mean, like a perfect example is a, Cordell with the Falcons last year. I mean, you yep. saw that coming. <laughs> I mean, at least I did it. But he, I mean, he blew up in, in such a way that um, he, he was a, a league winner to a lot of people. So uh, I don't think I would close the door on anybody in fantasy. If if, if every, anybody comes at the right value that I feel is a value, I, I'd probably pick him up. Is there a player right now that, um, you know, with their current, like what you've seen in the football guys drafts that you've done, where he keeps going at, at a certain spot and you're like, you know what? I understand people are taking him there. I get why people are doing it, but that will never be me at that spot. Is there a player that you are avoiding um, at, you know, ADP cost right now sure. if they don't slip? Um, I, I think Kamara in the second round, because yeah. we don't even know if he's going to be playing or how much um, he wouldn't be playing. So I think for a second round pick, that's pretty risky. Um, it, it, it was uh it's something that I always think was was me taking a big risk for a long time, never having Glenn Pilapalon. And now I have made sure that uh, that myself and the viewers have gotten to pick your brain and gotten some great insight from you tonight, Glenn. I certainly appreciate it. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for carving some time out of your schedule. Good luck in all your leagues this year as you chase that half million dollar grand prize. And uh, listen, the next time I need some new cabinets or something, I'm, I'm, I'm going to shoot you an email and we'll figure something out. Hit me up. Right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you, Glenn. Glenn Gulapo, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, two-time winner of the right. Football Guys Players Championship Leagues and, of course, the 12th place overall finisher back in 2019. That is tough to do, man. There, I mean, Farrell, oh. you know, I, I mean, like just to, to go in a national contest like that and what a thrill it is, too when you're seeing your name that high up on, on those leaderboards as, as we close out the season to finish 12th overall, I know it's not life-changing money, but that is hat-hanging performances. We're right not there. kidding. And, and I love his attitude, and he doesn't have any hard feelings about players that have let him down before, and that will lead to success. you got to go in with a lack of, uh, a lack of that kind of memory. Um, I line up with a lot of the things that he's saying, which makes me wonder why I am not successful like he is. So I imagine <laughs> that on top of being a good drafter, he really he really knows how to put the lineup together. And he probably knows when to play a Williams, which is every week, but when to also play uh, another player perhaps in front of a player that he really likes. I liked his answer on Kenyon Drake. I don't believe Kenyon Drake's career is over. Um yeah, it it I think in fantasy football we sometimes benefit from from other people's mistakes. Let's let them take the risk and let's let players fall to us. And I think in in the case of uh, Jacobs, he feels that Jacobs will drop further, and he's willing to give Hooper another chance. I don't agree with those, but I can see how he's uh, how, how he is designing his teams, and those players could make a big difference for him. Goes without saying, too, but another important thing he brought up, keep your fandom and your emotion for your fandom yes. out of it when you draft. That is easier for some people than not. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's got, you know, everybody assumes the Dizzle is this massive Packers fan. He's not. No. Um, and so it's easy for him to, you know, draft a Packer or not. He's cold and emotionless when it comes to drafting Green Bay players. The gunslinger of drafting. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. And and so I think the people that do that, you you might be a little bit better off than, you know, Joe super fan of, of some team where there's Farrell, there's guys here in, in Northeast Wisconsin that, I mean, they'll just draft all Packers, like every single round, start off with Rogers, grab Devonte Adams, then AJ Dillon, get ton. I mean, they just load it up and their teams are terrible. And quite frankly, they don't care. They just want to cheer for the Packers. Um, let's get to some uh, emails here okay. uh, tonight. And I want to kick things off Farrell. It's the last one on the rundown, but it's the one from Todd in Wichita about new England. He writes, what's up, gents? What's going on with the Pats? No official offensive coordinator and a lot of question marks at running back and receiver. Which guys should I target? Thanks, dude. Uh, that is Todd in Wichita. So you look at um, the Patriots right now, Farrell, and, and 
it's more confusing than ever. I know I like Damian Harris. Um, I, I think I like Devontae Parker. Mac Jones, to me, is, is unless it's a best ball, I'm, I'm really not on board mm-hmm. with that. And Hunter Henry's okay um, in FFPC as, as your second tight end. But after that, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Jacoby Myers is fine, but he's not somebody I get excited about. I don't know what to think about um, the rookie Thornton um, that they took in the second round. The, the, the pass catching bats, forget about it. I know James White is, is the guy, is the gold standard there, but he's hurt. Pierre Strong, it sounds like he's, he's doing very well in camp and he might take over the third down role. But then you hear Ramondre Stevenson is working on his pass routes, uh, pass uh, route running and his catches too. I don't know what to think. So quite frankly, there's nobody on this team I'm necessarily targeting. Um, I, I, Harris is fine if he falls to me. Parker's fine if he falls to me. Outside of that, I, I just I don't I I can't make heads or tails out of this offense. Um, in in best ball, I believe in Devontae Parker as being a good draft pick. However, you don't know when he's going to be available, and if he is available, he's going to play very very well. But um, one thing I'll say about the Patriots is they are all values. Even Hunter Henry, in our by the time he goes, and and you can get. You can give us Darren's numbers if you want, Balky, but by the time Hunter Henry goes, a lot of other tight ends have gone. And mm-hmm. Henry provides a, a wonderful – he proved um, that he provided a wonderful red zone target. And um, John U. Smith, uh, surprisingly to me last year, uh, never showed up in this offense. So while there are a lot of question marks, they are going to show up. They are going to play the games. And you would have to think that uh, Coach Belichick – hasn't lost his handle on what he wants uh, this team to do and be. So uh, I am willing to take uh, shots at these players. Now, okay, so we asked a question uh, about stacking. Uh, I'm not stacking Patriots. I don't want too many of them, but they all represent a nice bargain to me. Um, And that part I would agree with for sure. I mean, there's nobody that's blowing the doors off with, Mm -hmm. with New England Patriots in fantasy this year. Tight end 18 for Hunter Henry. That's in the Gerald Everett, David Njoku, Robert Tunyon category, which is interesting because our next email has to do with the tight end in Green Bay. It's from Fred in Rocky Mount, North Carolina with Robert Tunyon's recovery going slow. Is he a guy I should be fading in football guys right now? Um, thank you for the email, Fred. I don't necessarily know if his recovery is going slow. I just I, I think that sometimes we have unfair expectations of a lot of these that guys that come off torn ACLs. So Robert Tunyon offers a lot of upside as tight end 21 in the 12th round of football guys drafts right now. Dude finished as tight end three a couple of years ago. Um, so, yeah, there's not a whole lot of risk in doing it. But when you do draft a guy in the 12th round, and quite frankly, I don't care who it is, whether it's Tunyon, a quarterback, running back, whatever, you do have to have a little bit of limited expectations for that. So if he starts off slow or if he starts off on pop, hopefully, knock on wood, that doesn't happen for as Packers fans like me hope, um, it, you have to be prepared for it. So I'm fine with soaking a, a um, 12th round pick in Robert Tunyon right now. I also know that I can't be really upset if he is coming along slow. We just talked about Hunter Henry, and that's who I would take um, uh, over Tunyon. I, I think he has had his magic year. I think to to finish the third with all those touchdowns that year, was it 11? Was it 14? I can't remember the exact number, but he looks like he was in the end zone all the time. It was a fantastic year. I don't necessarily see that happening. Balky, tell me, if you go deep on the depth chart of the Packers, who is Tyler Davis? Yeah, Tyler Davis, he's a guy that I believe, I want to say, Farrell, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, I think last year they picked him off off the um, Colts practice squad. And and he's a guy that – you know, he kind of flashed a little bit last year after Tunyon went down. DeGuara, Josiah DeGuara is not, uh, you know, your your standard, I want this guy on, on my team as my fantasy tight end. He, that's not really what he does for this offense. He does a lot of H-back stuff, a lot of blocking, um, and he's a little bit undersized for the position. But Tyler Davis is a guy that made a, a couple of plays, not only in, in games last year, but in practices. We heard from, mm-hmm. from, from coaches that he was really turning some heads. And I know, you know, that that beat has continued this year, uh, that, that uh, the beat writers are talking about um, him making plays, him looking good again, and the, the coaches really talking him up as well. So Tyler mm-hmm. Davis is good. Um, I don't necessarily think that 
he is the type of guy I'm willing to bet on consistency from him, mm-hmm. either as a player or as a, as a snap count, you know, with, with Mercedes Lewis and, and DeGuara, who they do like as well. And Dominique Daphne still gets out there quite a bit. So yeah, he's a all, guy for me to roster. All your buddies that used to draft all those Packers, did any of them draft Mercedes Lewis? That's what I want. Yes, they they did. But, but it was it was it was always usually like a last. The guys who did it, it was always just like a last round thing, like just to load up another Packer. He was always the first guy cut. Uh, I've, I've said it plenty of FFPC tables in my life, and I have never heard that that drafted that player drafted. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good decision. It is no. not a good decision at all. Um, one uh, last email tonight. We'll go to Chuck in Wayne, New Jersey. What's up, Balky and Farrell? How do you guys feel about Terrace Marshall? He fell flat on his face last year, but he is another year wiser. Thank you for the email. Um, Terrace Marshall is a guy, too. I remember, I, I feel like it was Danny Mueller was drafting him a ton last year. And I was like, well, I, I'm going to miss the boat on this guy because I don't have him enough. And Danny Mueller's, you know, no, he's forgotten more about fantasy football than I'll ever know. And then Marshall didn't have a good season. And now this year, wide receiver 97 in the 19th round. He's basically free. Uh, quarterback situation isn't great in Carolina, at least now. We'll see what happens there. But Robbie Anderson was threatening retirement. Like, he was thinking about retiring. And and so I think there's a lot to like about Marshall in the 19th round, a guy who could take a big leap forward his second year. I thought Robbie retired in the middle of the third quarter in a lot of games. <laughs> last year. Um, I really like Terrence Marshall coming out of school. Uh, he was not the the elite receiver, but he was that sort of made him um, a, a bit of a guy that you rooted for. Then he landed with this team, and I had great faith in the coach doing something with that quarterback. So I pictured something that looked like a Rashad Bateman rookie year. Look, the Moore's there, McCaffrey's there. There's a lot of quarterback questions that that I'm not getting the right kind of vibe from um, with, with Terrence Marshall, I would buy him low in dynasty and hope that uh, if this, if this continues in Carolina, he either breaks out or he finds another place to play. He'll either do something this year or perhaps that will be his future. But you know what? Um, let, let's, uh, let's talk to uh, Danny Mueller and see if he's still drafting him because oh. if he's available in the 19th round. I'm drafting him. I didn't know it was that late. And good for Terrence Marshall. Uh, you, you talk about throwing the dart and, and taking a risk. That's a that's a positive return on a lottery ticket chance right there waiting for you. Uh, that will complete this evening's programming. Farrell Elliott, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, I'll let you get back to commission. We will check out the KFFSC at KFFSC.com. The main event, as you just said, already picking up steam. If you want to draft live in Cincinnati, draft live in Louisville, or draft online, you can do that there. The Draft Master's filling up. Come compete against Balky. Take my money. I'm ready to give it to you. That's all at KFFSC.com. Fair will be good. We're going to do this show again on Wednesday and Friday next week, if you can handle it. Wow. I will be on the road on Wednesday, but I'll come in and be with you, Balky. And, okay. you know, People want to know when they're going to Las Vegas for the FFPC. It's always the week of kickoff, the week after Labor Day. If you want to come to Kentucky, people ask me, what are your dates? We are always the week before Labor Day. Yep, that's correct. before the FFPC. Let's hear from you guys. And, Balky, thank you for being here tonight. You bet. Thank you, man. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football at J. Farrell Elliott on Twitter at KFFSC on Twitter. Now, uh, let's uh, do a bit of housekeeping as we uh, wind up tonight's broadcast. Number one, I want to thank Glenn Pulapal. I want to thank Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and of course, all of you for watching slash listening. Uh, we are back this Wednesday, so I am on vacation uh, and I cannot, it's impossible for me to do a live show on July 8th. Uh, so as a result, we are going to do two high stakes fantasy football hours this coming week. The first one will be on Wednesday night uh, at 10, nine central. We're going to talk with FFPC main event league winner and 2022 pros versus Joe's drafter Rashad Cobb. He will be our guest on Wednesday night. That will be the next broadcast of this program. 
Uh, the main event slow drafts, as a reminder, do start in 10 days. Your chase for a million bucks starts July 4th. The Football Guys Early Bird promo expires in six days. Make sure you're cashing in those $35 team credits before it's too late by registering for Football Guys drafts. The uh, 2022 FFPC Best Ball Tournament and Superflex Tournament both have leagues filling up in the live and slow category daily there. I remember you can win 200 grand and 10 grand in each of those tournaments. The dynasty startups continue to flow on. We'll have those rolling on for you. There are a couple of close uh, ones that are close to filling for that start drafting tomorrow morning. So make sure uh, you're hopping on those red alert as uh, some of those are ready to pop off before uh, before um, draft time tomorrow morning. Plenty of slow live and sit and go drafts all available at myffpc.com as well. Thanks so much for watching. We will see you again on Wednesday. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. I did want to uh, wrap up the show a little bit early tonight. I did not succeed. As you can tell, I like to talk. Um, there is a Stone Temple Pilots tribute band um, that is uh, just down the road for me that goes on in about, well, five minutes ago, they took the stage and I didn't want to miss it. Now, Tupacker, Ron Meyer, former guest of this program, is a big fan of Stone Temple Pilots as well. He was just uh, in the northeastern part of the country, the New England area, vacationing. I said, are you back in town? He said, yes. I said, would you like to go to this with me? He said, you know what? I just saw the real STP a couple of months ago in Green Bay, so I'm all set. I don't need to see him tonight. And I just found out the real Stone Temple Pilots are playing Summerfest in Milwaukee next Friday. I obviously cannot go to that because I will be with you talking fantasy football here next Friday. So I'm off to see Sex Type Thing, a New York area tribute band to Stone Temple Pilots. Very excited for that. Thanks so much for watching. And remember, I will see you on Wednesday with Farrell Elliott and main event league winner and pros versus Joe's drafter this year, Rashad Cobb. Be good, everybody. We'll talk with you on Wednesday.